Blue Wire. Osweiler in trouble. Osweiler brought down Khalil Mack. Oh, here comes Bullshit. Whistle without a helmet. J.J. Watt will always put his fingerprints on a game. Steps up, and he's going to be hit from the side, and he's going down. That's a sack. Darius Leonard, the maniac. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Trench Warfare Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Thorne. And right now, with everything going on, I figured that I would just get another interview in for you guys. Um, I've been thinking about this one for quite some time now, and I figured it'd be a good time to release it, uh, you know, right here leading up to the what looks to be the start of the NFL season. Uh, today is July 31st, so as of right now, all things are heading that direction. Um, there, there was some news recently of some offensive and defensive linemen that decided to opt out of the season. Uh, those are reflected in my rankings on EstablishTheRun.com, how that impacted things. Just to kind of touch on a couple of them, um, LDT, uh, Laurent DuVernay, Tardif, the right guard for the Chiefs, you know, adequate starter. He's, um, you know, adequate to solid type starter. I mean, he He's opting out, uh, so the Chiefs went ahead and signed Kelechi Osemele. I'm assuming to play left guard and moving Andrew Wiley over to the right side because he's he has much more recent experience over there, and Osemele uh, has a higher upside really than Wiley at the le- on the left side. So that makes sense to me. It, it really kind of is a wash at this point with more upside potentially uh, as the season progresses. So I'm leaving them where they are in the rankings. However, a team that dropped uh, in the rankings was the Patriots with Marcus Cannon, op- uh, Cannon opting out. So they dropped uh, outside of the very good tier to the solid tier until we find out who's going to play right tackle. And even if even after we do, I still think that there's probably a pretty good chance that they're going to be less than what we than what I thought they were before Cannon opted out. So that one hurts. Um, and there's a few others, you know, that you can check out if you uh, if you want to on EstablishTheRun.com. And I'm, I'm going to be having uh, some more stuff come out here shortly as well, just on my Twitter account. Um, I'm doing a lot of video projects right now uh, for for different uh, players, really. Uh, so got some exciting stuff coming that way as well. Uh, but this interview, I, I really think you will enjoy this. This is with longtime NFL offensive tackle Marshall Newhouse. So I got this idea because I heard him speak and I met him at Offensive Line Masterminds a couple years ago in Texas. And I think his perspective on just, you know, the NFL and offensive line play is really unique. Uh, He's played for eight different teams. So uh, definitely unique in that regard. And he offers a really, really cool uh, just really cool insight, I think, into the position and how he approaches things um, is different than most, obviously, because of you know his career track and, and how things have went for him. But, um, man, we, we talked about not just that, but a lot of different coaches. I mean, he's played for John Matsko, Dante Skarnakia, Paul Alexander, uh, the list goes on. Um, so eight different offensive line coaches, eight different coaches, 
head coach, and that is uh, eight different schemes. So he he's seen a lot. He's been around guys like Andrew Whitworth. He was on that 2016 Raiders offensive line, which I think is one of the two or three best that I've seen, period, over the last five years. Uh, so he was in that room. Um, he had, he just has a lot of really, really uh, valuable experience. So I brought him on to talk about it. So without further ado, here's my interview with Marshall Newhouse. There's no shortage of action going on at our exclusive partners, betonline.ag. Sports are slowly making their way back, and BetOnline is leading the way with the best odds and lines for all UFC, NASCAR, boxing, and soccer matches. And if you need even more, they have simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC simulations all day, every day, live on their website. If you're looking for something else other than sports, BetOnline also has hundreds of casino games, poker tournaments, and prop bets to check out. Just visit betonline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE for a free welcome bonus. That's one word, BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. All right, everybody. I'm here with Marshall Newhouse. He's a longtime NFL offensive lineman. He's played 10 years so far. I believe he has 81 starts. He's played in 129 games, um, drafted in... Uh, 2010 in the fifth round by the Packers, won a Super Bowl. Um, he's played for eight teams, I believe. Um, so he he can offer a lot of unique insight. I got to meet him briefly at the Offensive Line Masterminds event a couple years ago, um, and it was really cool to hear him talk, and that was kind of the impetus for wanting to have him on because I think he could provide some really unique insight because uh, of his career. So, yeah, with that said, Marshall, thanks, and uh, welcome to the show. Appreciate you having me, man. I remember us meeting, so I'm glad we can kind of retouch here. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, you know, I guess let's just start initially. You know, I, I was doing some research for this, and I, I didn't realize it, but at the Combine, or maybe your pro day, I think it was the Combine, though, you ran a 499 to 319 pounds. Yeah, yeah. That's incredible. That's, uh, that's impressive, man. I mean, I had no idea, like, you know, I just, you know, I wasn't paying attention to the combine as closely then, but um, that's, that's really impressive number. So did you train for that or was it you just always, were you always just kind of fast? I mean, I've definitely always been fast. I've got, you know, uh, family members who play football who, you know, were sprinters or running backs or receivers. And so I've definitely uh, been able to run most of my life, but, you know, there was definitely, uh, you know, that pre-draft, pre-combine training period that I went through that, I leaned out a little bit. You, you work on some sprinting mechanics and stuff like that, but uh, you know, I, I felt like I had. I honestly felt like I had a better time in me. There was like a some weird stuff going on pre-draft that I won't get into with my my agency and stuff. But yeah, I mean, it was a fast time, and you know, most years it might have received a little bit more accolade. But literally that same year, I had uh, uh, Bruce Campbell run a, running a four eight two wherever he ran, and then. Um, Trent Williams ran running a four eight five like so those two guys just blew it up, um, and I, I happened I was top three in most of the uh, the field um, drills so you know that's just how it went but you know I, I was happy with the performance and we all know that for alignment that you know that stuff doesn't mean everything but it was just it was good to go out there and perform well. Yeah, just from a pure athletic standpoint, you know, a sub five time at three hundred plus pounds is incredible. I think. 
you know, my best, I ran like a four, nine, nine or something at like 220 pounds. So, um, yeah, you know, it's, uh, just from that standpoint, you know, it's obviously, it's really impressive, but yeah, I mean, the main reason why I wanted to have you on was to talk about your career so far, because I just think it's, it's so impressive the way that you've been able to, to just go from team to team and, you know, stick around, you know, and, and you've more than, I mean, you play 10 years, that's like, close to tripling the NFL average um, at this point. Um, so, you know, definitely exceeded the odds. And, you know, what do you attribute your ability to, you know, to, to attract as many teams as you have? Because that's kind of how I look at it. You know, I mean, teams, you know, have, have assessed you and, you know, evaluated you and wanted you in their building that many times. I think that's pretty cool. And, you know, I'm sure there's something there about your ability to adapt and fit in and just kind of, you know, do what's asked and maybe be a good influence on the other guys. I mean, I'm, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but what do you think uh, is, is attributed to that? Yeah, I hope you know, that it's a combination of a lot of those things, you know, perseverance for sure and uh, ability, versatility, all those things. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, at a certain point, you know, I think as players, you dream of like the ideal scenario of success in the NFL. It's, you know, get drafted by a team, uh, become a starter, you know, hopefully sign extension and you're with that team the majority of your career. And uh, when I got kind of to this point of, you know, being honest with just the business part of it and, and what my situation, I was like, that is uh, slowly but surely going to be less of a reality for me. That doesn't mean I, I can't be somewhere and, and stick somewhere, but uh, the way I've kind of, you know, linemen kind of get pegged in a certain light, um, and so I kind of assessed where I was, and I was like, all right, I'm going to have to be a guy who uh, can be versatile, um, who can come in uh, and, and get along with the O-line group, who can be a leader, um, and who can come in and play multiple different positions and, and, and have an offensive line coach and offensive coordinator um, trust that you'll come in and perform and help the team win. So um, that's kind of been my, my mentality, you know, ever since uh, I left, Green Bay drafted me. I was there for four years. That, that was my longest stint in, in, in my career. And ever since then, it's just, it's been a lot of short stops, but I kind of embraced it. You know, it was, like I said, we all earn, yearn for some stability, but I just embraced that this is probably going to be how I make a career out of this. And, and uh, being able to depend on me uh, was priority. So being a guy who, you know, is little things like being on time and, and being where you're supposed to be and showing up in shape and, uh, knowing the playbook, you know, I've, I've been with eight different teams. That's eight different offensive playbooks. That's eight different uh, head coaching styles and offensive line styles and what have you. So uh, being someone who can adapt um, and really just kind of embrace their role in that particular situation um, has served me well. Yeah, absolutely. And I'd want to break down that a little bit as far as the different environments you were in. So like to you, what, which one stands out the, the most for, I guess, like coaching being kind of the most impressive to you or where you learned the most? Was it Green Bay because you were there the longest or maybe was there another one? I know you, I mean, you played for some really, some good coaches. You obviously played for Dante Skarnecchia. Uh, so can you just maybe talk about, I guess, those two and then maybe another one if there's one that stands out? Yeah, I mean, I, I've, I've, Play with you know a, a murderous row of offensive line coaches and I've taken a, a lot from from each one um you start with James Campen in, in Bay they drafted me got to develop there and um I you know 
the years since I've left there that we've kind of crossed paths, we kind of catch up. Um, he's just, you know, he's very proud of me, and he's, he's a guy who had a big influence on me, and got to play with Paul Alexander for a year in Cincinnati. Um, he's a, you know, an offensive line coach, you know, legend. Um, he's got his own particular style, but, you know, I, I did my – that's kind of the, the, a recurring theme that has been throughout my career is, you know, not every lineman's body is the same, so we're all not built to do the same things in different schemes or different styles of play, but I've just had to learn how to um, lean into my strengths, but also try to glean some of this knowledge and some of this uh, expertise from these coaches. Cause you know, they've stuck around for a reason too. So they've got something to, to teach. And at the end of the day, I've got to perform on Sunday. So I've got to do what works for me, but doing it as best I can within like the confines of what they're trying to teach. So, but yeah, I went from Paul Alexander to uh, in New York, my New York giants, my first year, Pat Flaherty, uh, who coached some uh, Super Bowl-winning offensive line, and then he moved on, and I had um, uh, Mike Solari, who's who's been a, a lot of places and had a ton of success. Uh, when I left New York, I went to Oakland with Mike Tice, who is he's been a head coach, an offensive coordinator, and offensive line coach. So uh, enjoyed being around him, and in that in that offensive line room, which is really unique, a really cool place to be. Um, for the from there. Uh, oh, Buffalo, uh, Juan Castillo. Juan Castillo, who's, you know, had a unique uh, journey himself. He's been a defensive coordinator. He's been an offensive line coach. He's, you know, he's coached some Hall of Famers. Um, and, you know, he's got his, his own uh, way of doing things in his style. But, you know, there's plenty of, uh, you know, information and, and just, you know, st- strategy for b- winning offensive line uh, battles that I can glean from him. Went from there, got traded. That was 2017. Got traded to Carolina um, with John Matsko. John Matsko is, you know, kind of an under the radar guy, but has, has a lot of respect around the league. He's he's coached a lot of great offensive line in Carolina, and before that, um, and he's a guy I respect a lot and, and and learn from. Even though it was a, you know, a unique situation getting traded in the middle of the season, but you know, I was doing my best to kind of get up to speed, but also learn from a guy like him. Uh, and then last year, being in New Orleans. Um, uh, with with that group, and then that was quickly uh, in camp, got injured, but then I ended up, yeah, with Scar. Scar, you know, having his own reputation, uh, earned and respected reputation uh, for developing linemen and, and having a high-performing offensive line. So all the way down the line, I've had opportunities to kind of um, take bits and pieces of these very legendary offensive line coaches and, and kind of apply them to my, my life and, and, and my game. Man, that's an incredible list. It's cool that you're able to reel them all off like that too. Um, man, like, what was what was the most memorable coaching personality that you remember for offensive line? Man, uh, <laughs> I, I don't know if I could pick just one. I mean, they all, you know, offensive line coaches are a certain kind of bunch, and <laughs> a lot of them played offensive line to a certain degree, or they they at least have been in that position for a while. So. Um, you know they're very unique in their 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 attitudes and their approaches, but man, it's hard to name just one because I could you know just flash through memories. I can, I can recall really cool moments, funny moments, just genuine uh, moments of success um, with each coach, um, and I'll remember forever. And you know those in those offensive line rooms, we kind of we bond and we're, we're the unique position group that has to play together and gel. And uh, those rooms get really tight. Even if you know, even if I had short stints there, those rooms get tight. Uh, you have to rely on each other, and the coaches are a big part of that culture within the offensive line room. 
it's hard to name just one man you know yeah uh you know the guys who played in the league that james camp uh mike tice uh, uh Seal briefly um i might be missing someone the guys who played in the league you kind of have another shared bond with just because they you know they went through what you went through and hearing their stories about what it was like you know in the 80s 90s and moving forward that was those are pretty unique as well so um Man, it's hard to name just one. There's so many uh, coaches who are just they've, – they've coached legends themselves and they've been around for – you know, they've outlived some of their head coaches. Some, they've outlasted some of their head coaches just from right. uh, be doing, being the best at what they do um, and being entrenched in their position. So, okay, let's go a little more specific then with a room that you were in in Oakland. So I've been doing a lot of stuff, you know, with my account on Donald Penn and just over the years, you know, like that 2016 group was just like absolutely incredible. And just they've had some really good lines there. Like, what was it like being in that room? Like, what was, you know, what was Donald Penn like? Um, you know, Coleccio Semele, I don't know if you were there when he was there, with Gabe Jackson, you know, Rodney Hudson. Yeah. Like, what, what were these guys like being around? What stands out to you about them? Man, that was, that was one of the most fun groups I've been a part of. Yeah, like. You know, the old bad Donald Penn at left tackle. Um, uh, Kaleche was next to him. Rodney Hudson at center and Gabe uh, at right guard. And I came in and played right tackle. Um, right. Just a really cool group of guys who just who love ball, but love just beating people the hell up. Uh, <laughs> and took pride in it, man. Rodney and Gabe, I mean, we had, you know, we had calls to, you know, if, if a guard is free to come get ribs left or right or um, on double teams, you know, how we – we leave a little bit of, of, of space for a guy to come in and just knock a hip over. And I mean, they just, the way those guys played, I try my best to keep up. I mean, they're all super talented and have a ton of success in their own right. And I, I was a new guy trying to just come and, and find my place, but um, right. I was, I was so impressed with them, you know, with just how we, we, we ragged on each other, you know, line, we, we, we give each other a hard time, man, but we went to battle for each other. So I respect those guys a lot. I keep in touch with them a lot still. Um, just a bunch of good dudes. Great football players, though. I mean, uh, you want to talk about me before I got there, just an elite offensive line unit. Um, and for me, it's special just, you know, it, it might mean as much to everyone else, but um, us being an all-black offensive line group was really fun and special and unique to me. And to have, be all-black and then have success at doing uh, that was, was a lot of fun. So, man, that was a special group, and those guys – all of them are still balling out somewhere. A few of them still in Oakland, um, and a couple other have a, a couple others have moved on. But man, we had a good time. Um, played really hard for each other. You know, wish we had some more success. But those those lines were definitely set up to dominate. Yeah, and and they certainly did. Uh, especially you know, like I said, 2016. That that I mean, I still go back and watch it here and there. I'm watching all of Donald Penn's career snaps right now, and it's just it's really cool. He's just one of those guys who just kind of gets. You know, his whole career is flown under the radar, undrafted guy, and just the, the, the career that he was able to carve out is just, you know, really incredible. Um, yeah, with, so one thing you mentioned there that I was just curious about, what was the call for that you used to have a guard come and help and, and get a guy's ribs? Well, it, I don't think it was one okay, particular in the moment, but just talking beforehand, you know, if we're playing a, a – a team that went nickel a lot or they were three down in certain kinds of situations. We knew the guards would be free. You secure the nose, stop his momentum. And then they'd immediately uh, pivot their head and look outside. And just to discourage any kind of bull rushes inside moves from the defensive ends, um, 
you want to, I'm not sure many defensive ends want to take a, a inside out shot from Gabe Jackson or Kalecio Simile um, no. coming at him full speed. So that was just things we talked about before and just to, you know, take a little bit of pressure off because defensive ends that every year they get better, more athletic, uh, more explosive, and we need all the help we can get. We got to work together. So, yeah, we would just talk about it in certain matchups where, you know, certain weeks you, the, the tackle would be like, oh, I'm good on the island more so than other weeks. Like, all right, hey, man, I need you to just be be aware, be ready. Um, and then vice versa, if there's, a, you know, a, a dominant three-tech, um, the tackle, you might take a more vertical set. He might give a little bit more body presence, a little more uh, – a little kind of a, just a go hand so that, that three-technique knows if he's rushing up field uh, – I'm either going to be there if the defensive end doesn't come immediately, I'll be able to chip a little bit or just have body presence. And that means all the world for a guard and how he, he kind of gains leverage in his pass that um, having a tackle who isn't setting wide all the time, or if he knows he's setting wide, um, the guard can, can know to jump or be more aggressive. So those things that you just talk about, those little things you talk about in the offensive line room um, from matchup to matchup to kind of just, um, make sure we all have the most amount of success we can have. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, gosh, I, I wish I could have been in one of those film rooms, like, you know, Monday or whenever you watch film after the game and just look back on one of those dominant performances, like, you know, and just how much, how, you know, how many, how, how easily you guys were able to bully defenders, like, you know, what KO was doing and Gabe. And I mean, like, did, did they laugh about it? And like, was it something that you guys like, I'm sure you really enjoyed it. You obviously said that's what you tried to do, but like, you know, what would, what were the film rooms like, you know, with you guys? Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, we're, you know, we go back after a game and, you know, hopefully with the win, we're in good spirits and we were looking for, you know, any kind of pancakes or knockdowns. <laughs> I mean, that was, that was a big thing in that room. Um, that's just kind of instilling your will on a, on a defensive line unit. Um, and, you know, Kaleche was great at that. Rodney Gabe, uh, D-Pin, like, they all took pride in that. And that was something I, you know, in my career, I've, to me, making the block is the utmost importance. But those guys took it to another level, and that raised my game to, uh, you know, make the block and then make them pay. Like, even if he's running, chasing the ball, it's still legal to get a little bit extra or, you know, those little body blows over time, they kind of wear a defensive line down. And you kind of saw that with those guys where, you know, either you're extra physical in the pass game and that translates to more push in the run game or you're extra physical in the run game finishing. And that, that led to guys just not wanting to pass rush as hard or as frequently. So all those things kind of worked together and we took pride in, in watching the film the next morning. Um, and, and that's showing up on tape. Yeah. And to, to veer to another team uh, and a player that you were around, like what do you remember about being around Andrew Whitworth? Oh man, with you know, just full of knowledge, full of uh, wisdom, savvy old vet, but just uh, just a mountain of a guy, uh, just one of the best guys you've you've met in the league. I mean, just a stand-up person, um, but the consummate leader. He was a guy that everyone looked to uh, when I was in Cincinnati in that locker room. Um, you know, he had a presence about him. He he, he kind of he could move throughout the locker room and, and command. Uh, and command people's attention. And then he showed up on game day. He was a guy, he was kind of a rock. He knew Andrew was going to be there. And, you know, if he had a, a premier rusher against him, he was going to handle his business and um, learned a lot from him. Obviously, you know, it's as a lineman that once I became aware of just like 
you know, my limitations, but also my strengths. I was like, man, I can't, I can't pass pro like Andrew. Andrew's six seven, you know, three forties. His shoulders as big as a, as wide as a bus. So, you know, his technique isn't going to be exactly what my technique is, but it's the little savvy things about, you know, on, you know, screens and draws, how to lure a defensive end and kind of not get him out of the play or, um, kind of the slingshot, the back padding, um, all those little things that, you know, make you more efficient. You know, when you're young, you have all this energy, all this strength and power, and you're like, all right, I'm just trying to brute strength everybody. And as you get older, that stuff kind of goes away, and you got to find a cleverer ways to just get the block done. And at the end of the day, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to get the block done. We're trying to block for our running backs, uh, give, quarterback, give our quarterbacks time, and whatever works, works. And so he had plenty of stuff that he um, – that he did uh, with success that I just tried to emulate and just kind of translate into my game. So uh, definitely, you know, there's, there's you know, no doubt in my mind when he went to L.A., he'd have success. Um, I think they're very happy that he kind of showed up on the market for them, for the, uh, them getting a new quarterback and having a new head coach and having a guy like Andrew to anchor the left side uh, was a big deal. So a lot of respect for Witt. Yeah, for sure. He's I think he's going to be 39 in December, and he has like 200. Crazy, no. crazy. 220 starts or something crazy but uh yeah definitely like an iron man uh for for offensive line um so yeah that, that's cool to hear and uh, i was wondering who, who is if you had to pick one uh and you know if there's a couple that's fine but who who do you think's one of the more underrated offensive line linemen that you've played with in your career that maybe most people don't think about um Yeah, I mean, there's a few. Let me see. Yeah, just name them off. I'm just curious. I think even still, uh, Brian Balaga's is still underrated. Um, he's yeah. he's been a stalwart at right tackle for for a long time. Uh, dealt with injuries, but just battled so much through injuries. He's a guy I think is still underrated. Uh, Weston Richburg underrated. Mm-hmm. He's a he's a not as a hefty of a center, but savvy, really strong, um, and I think he's in a great situation in San Francisco to have a lot more success, but he's a guy who's still underrated to me. Um, yeah, those are good ones. Deion Dawkins in Buffalo, I think is underrated. Super athletic guy. Doesn't fit a tip, typical tackles uh, body, but man, he gets it done. Uh, really athletic can run. You can pull him. Um, uh, he, and he, he does a really good job. And he's still on the rise, man. He's still a young kid. Uh, still has lots to learn a lot more. A lot more starts to make, but um, I think he's still underrated. Yeah, man, he um, he's strong. His play strength has always really impressed me, and he he's pretty nice. really good, really good play strength, man. He's built really well, um, plays plays really well, plays explosive. Um, who else? I mean, he's he's not underrated anymore. He's kind of getting his notoriety, but he's so quiet. Kind of forget about him. Is Ryan Ramchick? Just like hmm. the you know I. People use robotic maybe in their term, but he's robotic in that he's just deadly consistent with his sets. I mean, with his sets and with his hands. And not to be uh, pre- predictable, but he's just consistent. And he gets to his spot. He's got a great anchor, uses his hands really well, and just like make, just kind of erases guys. It's kind of it's crazy to me. Um, yeah. When I was there, I was there briefly, but just he would just erase guys and he'd make it look so smooth. Uh, he's just got great hip strength, great play level, pad level. Um, so I think he's a guy who's he's still young, and so he's to me he's still underrated. People kind of start to realize um, the, the the level he's on. Um, 
you know, something interesting about him is, you know, he didn't uh, participate in the combine or his pro day because he was hurt. And I think that that allowed him to slip, you know, to where he did at the end of the first round. And, you know, a lot of teams couldn't trust the tape with him. You know, I, I think a lot of teams want to have those those numbers from the combine or the pro day. They didn't get them for him. And, you know, he just he fell down there. So that was a steal for sure. Yeah, no doubt. And that kind of, you know, that that kind of shows you um, in, in, in the perspective you got to have with all those combine numbers because, you know, teams want to see you. They want to see you move in person. But, man, that stuff just, especially for linemen, that stuff uh, it's noise. is very limited as far as translating to success in the football field. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, so uh, I guess last thing here is, you know, I was curious if you could just talk a little bit about what makes, you know, Skarnecchia unique. Like when you when you got there and when you were with them, you know, was was there something specific about the way he did things that stood out to you or, you know, you know what about him, I guess, stood out the most to you? Uh, you know, I don't know if it's unique to him. There's a lot of coaches who, you know, who've been around a while who have their styles, but uh, just the unwavering in his standards um no matter who was there you know i showed up signed uh week two i believe on a on a wednesday and was trying to get ready and, and end up starting on a sunday at tackle for the patriots and you know he was i could tell he was giving me a little bit of leeway as being a vet and being brand new but then also he was like hey i don't give a shit starting from my language you, you got to be ready and he treated me as such so through all his, he's got a uh, a legendary individual period that's just brutal. Uh, but it's just to build, um, you know, toughness and conditioning and muscle memory and and uh, grit. And you know, it's it doesn't matter who you are, pro bowler, uh, rookie, undrafted free agent. Um, everybody's going through it, and the standards are the same, never ending. Didn't matter if it's 90 degrees outside and humid or we're out there practicing in the snow, which would happen, which happened a lot. Um, his, uh, his standards never, never wavered. So he, he's always trying to get the best out of you. It's, you know, very rarely do you see a coach who uh, yells at someone who they don't want to see succeed. Um, and he, you know, he just, he saw the strengths in everybody. He wanted to get out, out of you as best as he could. And that, you know, that went from, you know, Marcus Cannon, Joe Thune to me, the, the newer undrafted, uh, the new uh, free agent signing to all the undrafted rookie free agents. It's, and it can be hard for some people. I've had to develop a thick skin. I think I've always had one, my dad being a coach, but um, you got to develop a thick skin, especially with him. And he'll, he'll make you really, really consider how much you love playing football, uh, especially at the NFL level. You're like, we're pros getting paid for this. And he's just dressing you down in front of everybody, but it's, it's standards, man. And so, the standards don't change, and you know I think his uh, the guys he's produced and the, and the the quality and the wins he's produced kind of for themselves. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, this was awesome, and I uh, really appreciate you being generous with your time and, and just sharing you know all these details with everybody. So uh, yeah, man, I appreciate it, and uh, best of luck and stay safe, and um, just looking forward to, to seeing what's next. I appreciate it, man. Thanks for the time. And yeah, stay safe uh, and good luck to you moving forward. I'm sure we'll see each other again. All right. Sounds good, Marshall. Thanks. All right. Take care.